Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. What's up, party people? Welcome to HR's Most Dangerous Podcast. I'm Joel Cheeseman, the taller one. I'm Chad Sowash, not the taller one. On this week's podcast, the plot thickens between HiQ and LinkedIn, the race to recruiting chatbot glory continues, and maybe Microsoft's ATS sucks more than we thought. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Google. Lever. Intello. Monster. Jibe. What do these companies, and hundreds of others, have in common? They all use sovereign technology. Some use our software to help people find the perfect job, while others use our technology to help companies find the perfect candidate. Sovereign has been the global leader in recruitment intelligence software since 1996, and we can help improve your hiring process, too. We'd love to help you make a perfect match. Visit Sovereign.com, S-O-V-R-E-N.com, for a free demo. Dude, that voice is so smooth. It is. She's just an employee. <laughs> what do you mean? By what the way, we just uh, an employee. <laughs> no, I mean you, you'd think she's a professional uh, voiceover. She's a professional, just because she's, she has like I'm just I'm saying this isn't her day job. <laughs> they have they have free voiceover talent at Sovereign. Mm. So you know, I don't know if she's on Fiverr or what, but she needs to you know get out there because there's she opportunity might be out there already. This might be a site gig. But anyway, we're going to lose Sovereign because we just encourage their best employee to go find work as a voiceover. Anyway, Sovereign just at uh, HR Tech. Hope they kicked butt. Uh, Hope someone went over and said, Chad and Cheese sent us. Um, If not, you know, no big deal. (laughs) They're all hungover. Chad, how are you, man? Awesome, man. How about you? I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. You ready for shout-outs? Bring it. All right. First of all, I'm going to do a shout out to our listeners. Okay. Uh, last week, I got cutesy with the <laughs> editing. Uh, apparently, it just totally destroyed it. Uh, the, the the recording. Um, so the good news, the bad news is that the recording sucked. The good news is we actually have listeners who care. Who yes. care? Yeah. Like the people who came out on Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, tw- like. That were just, you know, you yeah. guys suck. It's, the recording was yeah. awful this week. You sound you know, like what you're are in you a doing? closet. Um, yeah, I get it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, come out from under the bed, whatever it was. Like, the fact that we have people that care enough to tell us we suck really, me really means you're a lot. You're giving me the feel. And uh, I know. So this, this week I'm going old school with the iPhone earbuds with the built-in mic. So I'm hoping my audio sounds okay. If not, I guess we'll go to Would plan Would everybody B or just e. reach out to Joel um, and say, you sound fine. Quit getting cutesy. You're too self-conscious. It's good. You're good, man. You're, you're good. He needs, he needs one of those. Yeah. I'll start with, start with my <laughs> wife. Cause she thinks every, every episode I sound well, 
like yeah but when you're when you're when you're competing with pipes like these i mean you just can't i mean come on man there's only so much you can do it's okay well duh are we talking about you (laughs) when you're talking (laughs) pipes like these yeah god all right hey we got a webinar coming up on tuesday october 17th right we have a webtastic webinar coming up with uh yep Text Recruit, the Gang from Next. Uh, you yeah. and I are going to be there webinar. tossing around questions and uh, whatever. I don't, we, it's our first webinar. Who well, knows I'll tell what them what the to heck expect. is going to happen. You, you don't know what's going to happen. Just like on the podcast, right? Excellent. Um, it's going to be more podcast style. Yeah, yeah there's going to be slides and that kind of bullshit. But that's just so you have something pretty to look at. I think Joel might even have us on video so you can see us. Hopefully, I've had enough coffee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is going to be different than the the normal bullshit that you have to watch and get your ACRIH whatever freaking credit bullshit that you go through. Um, this is going to be real <laughs> shit with real case studies from real companies, big companies, Liberty Mutual, Ronstadt, Whole Foods. Yeah, dude. So I mean, if you're not on this webinar and you're sleeping on another another webinar, that's on you. That's on you. So Tuesday, October 17th, go to chadcheese.com. You can click the register link on the right side of the page. Get your ass registered up. The beautiful <laughs> cheese icon. By the way, plenty of Chad cussing apparently I, is going to be. I don't know uh, if that's going to happen, on although it could. So, not one for the kids. Not one for the kids. All right, final shout out. Uh, hashtag Chad Cheese, dude. We don't get enough activity on this hashtag unless your <laughs> handle is Job Board Doctor. Um, we know you're out there listening. You're on your iPhone, Google Play, on your computer. Uh, we know you have questions. You, we know that you have comments. Go over to Twitter, hashtag Chad Cheese. Throw us some feedback. Give us a question. We really want to uh, hear from you guys, hear questions, because yeah. it's hard coming up with topics yeah. every week. So Jonathan we Zilla, freaking Ken Allman, I mean, you know, job board doctor, of course. You know, get out there. I know you're listening to us at least once a week because you guys are podcast yeah. addicts. Um, hit us up. Tell us uh, that this week Joel sounds great, silky smooth. That's what I want to see. <laughs> My ego clearly needs some support from, from our listeners. So, so get on over there. Bring it. Um, let's do this. All right, let's man. Let's get to the show. What do you think? All right. All right. All right. Um, IQ over. versus LinkedIn. The plot thickens. Uh, listeners listeners will know that uh, IQ is a service mm-hmm. that scrapes LinkedIn content. LinkedIn didn't really like that. So they sent a cease and desist. IQ said, I don't think so. We're going to court. Uh, a judge mm-hmm. in an appellate court, I believe, said that uh, LinkedIn is a publicly available uh, content provider and that HiQ was within its rights to go scrape content from it and use it as it as it wishes. Um, but we we both know this no. this case is not going away. Um, and a recent article uh, that was published on I forget, but. Uh, had oh um, well let me look it up real quick. Adweek, um, 
who has a very different perspective on this issue, but this isn't going away. Um, The issue of, you know, hitting LinkedIn servers has sort of, I don't know, dissipated, but the Adweek article brings up the idea of cybersecurity, um, Mm -hmm. you know, web scraping bots and what the threat that they, that they pose. You are, you are more on the side of high Q, I'm sort of in the middle. I see both sides, uh, but but why are you so adamant? Like scrape away, baby. Well, after you read this, right? I mean, th- this article really p- pissed me off. And let me preface th- this fo- following quote that I'm going to share with you. Um, it's it's uh-huh. coming from the co-founder and CEO of an internet security provider, Rami Assad. Okay. Um, re- uh-huh. Okay. So think of this. Remember those people. Um, that whenever you wanted to actually download in- information or, or let's say a new uh, a new uh, software on your computer and those assholes from IT, you had to go see them every single time just to be able to get some of this stuff, right? Um, this is that guy because he is, guess what? Freaking security guy. Uh, everything needs to be locked down. So, so you're you're smelling self interest here. You're smelling. Uh, oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> so listen, the, the ruling. This is what he says. The ruling is baffling and disturbing. Yeah, whatever. It contradicts years of legislation. Blah 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 blah. He further goes on by saying, "Why must it not abide a parasite like High Q?" Paying for the servers and bandwidth to host all of the bot traffic on on top of its own human users, just so HiQ can ride LinkedIn's coattails. Okay, Rami, this is how it works, buddy. That's my data. It's in a public domain in a free database in which LinkedIn is using it to actually help target me. They're making money off of my data, asshole. Not to mention it's public. How do you think they got so many goddamn profiles on there? The only reason LinkedIn was trying to push HiQ out is because they wanted to adopt HiQ like software themselves, dumbass. So that's what's going on. They're trying to push the little guy under the goddamn bus, and what you're doing is playing the IT asshole who won't let me put face or Chrome on my goddamn computer. So Coming down off my pissed off high, I agree we do need clarity when it comes to these bad actors because there are bad actors out there with regard to bots. But to be able to really use a broad brush to paint everyone in this parasitic bullshit color it is, is wrong. It shouldn't happen that way. We need to be smarter about how we look at this issue. Dude, I'm wrapping up the Paxel right now to send to you as I speak. <laughs> Damn, you're angry. So, dude, dude I, so, well, when you so maybe a... maybe part of this is like how okay, you and I understand if we put if we put a profile on LinkedIn, the objective yeah. is to promote it, to put ourselves out there, etc. I'm not sure you can paint that brush for everybody. So, so the first two paragraphs of this article are, are interesting, um, basically saying like, okay, if you're like most LinkedIn users, you spend a few hours a week on the site reading articles, seeing your pals, uh, networking for a new job. Okay, now imagine if a company you've never heard of used automated bots to download your public profile 
uh, analyze it to identify behavioral signals that your job shopping and warns your employer. You mean like LinkedIn is with the data that well, LinkedIn doesn't warn before. your employer. LinkedIn doesn't say not yet. Not, not yet. Not yet. Yes. Not yet. So don't they don't give me this bullshit that oh well they're not going to do not yet. Okay, it's still there. Okay, not to mention if it's a product. Well, the the whole point of LinkedIn wanting to protect its IP and its content is that it can do stuff that other companies are already doing. But you can't fault like you can't fault LinkedIn for wanting to put a walled garden and stop these guys, right? No, you've got to try to protect your data. I get that, but to be able to do it to everyone. I mean, again, this is where clarity comes in. This is not a black and white issue. We have to focus on being able to figure out really what is the definition of a bad actor in this conversation? What's the definition mm-hmm. of a bad actor? That at that point is is where you need to uh, where you need to start drawing those lines. Um, but to be able to say just broad scope that you know high cues a, a parasite is bullshit. I mean, is this going to get to a place where, like, every user is notified? It'll be like Europe, right? Like, every user is notified of what bots are coming to LinkedIn. You can opt in or out of bots or, like, I don't know. This is an – it's just an interesting topic. Uh, We'll see where it goes. But, yeah, like, LinkedIn. But I also think after being at LinkedIn's event is, like, LinkedIn is so far, like, beyond – what some of these little bitty, uh, you know, specific products are, mm-hmm. that I almost think they don't have to worry. Like, what they have to do is find ways to throw the bots off or find ways to, like, confuse bots that they don't want in there, that don't have the legal resources to do anything about it. They need a definition uh, for bad actors. That's what I, they need. Well, you know what it is, but it's not going to stop them. Just because they have a definition doesn't mean it'll stop bots from getting into the site. Yeah, I, I get that, but it'll give them an opportunity to actually define that that's a bad actor, and yeah. then they can they can they can boot it's, them off the site. That's also the same bad. issue of why like Yelp doesn't want scrapers, right? They don't want anybody to take their content and just duplicate it. Like they don't want a, a consumer site to pop up that has like, oh, we have all the Yelp reviews, we have all this the uh, the Foursquare reviews, all the whatever reviews, and you can get it all in one place because then they just become Indeed and put all the job boards out of business. So indeed, LinkedIn doesn't want to have this one depository of profiles mm-hmm. that they eventually lose out to. So well, if, if Yelp was smart, Yelp would actually create that and start to boot, to, to build it themselves. And they would like Netflix out Netflix themselves. I mean, we have to, we have to take a look at these and, and, and I agree from a, from a LinkedIn standpoint, they're looking at much bigger, um, and who knows? They might buy a high queue to be able to embed that kind of service within their 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 current uh, software suite, um, or you know whatever they have. I mean, in that case, that's an opportunity for them. And to be able to try to stifle these little innovative companies and call them parasites because they're innovative is bullshit. It's a fascinating case. And I'm interested to watch how it unfolds. Yep, we should. But let's move on to our next topic. Facebook continues to rock on. <laughs> what they do this week? So they launched uh, a um, quietly is what is what the article said. They quietly launched 
uh, a Mac and PC version of uh, Workplace Chat and Screen Share, right? So what they're doing is they are trying to keep up with the Joneses, Slack, uh, and some of the other, uh, obviously, uh, technologies and, and, and brands that are out there um, because they haven't had this before. Email. You think it's boring? You yeah, like it's it? very cool. It is quiet. I haven't seen it live, but there are some great screenshots. Um, maybe we'll try to put a link in the in the show notes this week uh, so people can check that out. But um, it's pretty, and it's integrated <laughs> with, with uh, your Mac and PC. And I mean, the screen share looks pretty cool. My question is, um, so one, it's no longer a question that that Facebook is getting into employment, like. That's pretty clear. Yeah. They're not just throwing job postings and hoping something good happens. Like, so my question is, on one end, they're they're launching you know jobs. They're integrating with ZipRecruiter mm-hmm. and some ATSs to get more job content. Right. And then on the other side, they're doing sort of more enterprise uh, work chat Slack competitor stuff. Do these things integrate? Do they continue to be separate? Like. I'm just kind of confused on where Facebook is going with this. And they still haven't done much with like the profiles uh, that they have, which, by the way, is almost 2 billion uh, people in the yeah. world. I, I think they're, they're somewhat confused as well. They don't understand the space as much as they should. Um, mm-hmm. And who the hell knows what they're going to do with work? I mean, it, it just seems to kind of hang out there. Uh, and I mean, this is this is a very cool, very slick uh, piece of technology that you can download. I did this morning. Um, it looks good, feels good. But how are you going to integrate that into your current, you know, your current product deliverables? Uh, how are you going to sell it? Is it going to have anything to do with jobs going into uh, the marketplace? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would assume that uh, they're they're product people are working uh, very hard on that, but I, I have no clue. Facebook Facebook is a historically very reactionary company. You can see that, right? They see someone do it, do it better or do it differently, and they copy it. Sometimes they're right on, sometimes they're not, sometimes they don't get it right on the first try, and then they eventually get it right. Like, if you remember Poke from years yeah. ago, like they tried to be Snapchat. Uh-huh. But it was with Poke. So it was a separate app. You could message your friends on, that are on Facebook, and then the message disappears, kind of like the old, the old uh, yep. Snapchat. That didn't really work. They shut it down, um, and then they like took Snapchat's filters. They took their stories, put them into Instagram, put them onto Facebook. By the way, I'm on Facebook. I'm clearly too old because none of my friends put stories on Facebook, <laughs> like one or two like a week. So... I'm clearly either too old or these things aren't working on Facebook. But my point is, clearly someone at Facebook saw Slack. They see the valuation go up to $5 billion and say, hey, maybe there's a billion-dollar industry here that we can build pretty easily and put it out there. Um, I think they're taking it seriously because they're iterating it, which mm-hmm. is which is good. But I, I do think there's a lot of disparity to say, some business unit in Facebook said, let's copy Slack. And then another separate business unit said, let's launch Marketplace and have people sell stuff. And like, oh, that's a cool place to put jobs. 
And if we have a lot of jobs, we get more engagement, we get more eyeballs, we get more advertising opportunity. Like it feels like two different departments are doing this stuff and maybe they'll come together, maybe they won't. And you don't think that the left hand is knows what the right yeah, hand's doing, Yeah, I think, right? you know, I, I, yeah. Somebody will eventually go, holy cow, we have jobs. We can put, like, company pages. Like, how do we combine company pages with chat? Right. That would be kind of cool. But for now, I think there, there's not a lot of hand-holding um, between these, these two products. And... They, they they have enough problems right now with Sheryl Sandberg coming on uh, the hill and, and oh, trying man. to Did keep Did you see the story I shared about place, so. how easy it is to get fake news um, onto Facebook? Oh, it, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's really it's really. I mean, total side note. But someone uh, someone launched a, a separate URL. They took the CNN logo and made it backwards. Um, the yep. site name, like they made it. They try to be as obvious that it's fake as without saying we're fake news on the site to see if right. it would buy, you know, see if it would pass um, the, the police or the, the monitors at Facebook. Of course it did. Right. They spent like $50 to promote it. Um, engagement obviously went crazy. Uh, anyway, uh, this has nothing to do with what we just talked about, but Facebook does have bigger issues than. Uh, the job posting stuff and whatever these departments are creating revenue, they're creating products. Um, I'm sure it's not top of mind with Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg at the moment, but it's not with for me. us. It's very entertaining sure. because we're employment geeks. Yes. Ah, should we take a break? We should. We should. Um, you've got this whole new way to do sponsored ads, uh, and your your AJE. I'm going to let you run with this because I have no idea what you're going to do. Well, you just sit there and you just throw stuff at me. That's what happens. I got a cold uh, so cup last of water. Week, <laughs> that's, I don't need that. So last week we talked about State Street Financial and the whole hypocrisy bullshit of their commissioning the Fearless Girl statue. Remember that? They commissioned the Fearless Girl statue that is uh, standing in front of the bull in the financial district. Lovely statue. And the what? Lovely statue. Yeah, lovely. It's awesome, dude. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this last week. I think, you know, we both have daughters. I mean, that just, you know, it gives you the feels. It gives you that that emboldening, you know, kind of fearless kind of thing. But, yeah, they're full of bullshit, dude, because they just had to, they had a $5 million settlement uh, with women and minorities in executive positions who, who were underpaid. Go figure. Well, this week, we, we find a report from Ascend Leadership that shows Silicon Valley, who – in most cases, we feel, or we at least from a country and an employment standpoint, we feel like they're more diverse than maybe in the Midwest or on the East Coast or what have you. Um, but they have bigger problems with race than they do gender. Here's a great example. Silicon Valley um, have Asians are overrepresented in the population of the workforce, which is, which is you know, that's a, that's a good thing to a point. I mean, there still has to be balance. Um, if you take a look at Google CEO and Microsoft CEO, they're both Indian. Um, no problem here, right? Everything's good. Well, wrong. Um, it seems that they're too huge. Those are just two anomalies, to be quite frank, because Asians, especially Asian women, are among the least likely to be promoted into leadership positions. So it's great from a workforce standpoint, but they're going nowhere. So from our standpoint, we have to take a look at, especially as talent acquisition professionals, we have to be able to 
understand, reach, and sustain a balance much better in the workforce. Um, and I think these signals that we're seeing from State Street and from Silicon Valley uh, really tells us that we need to have better partners to help us diversify and sustain this balance. So it's one of the reasons why we're talking about America's Job Exchange. America's Job Exchange is really focused on helping companies through programmatic technology um, to target the right type of diverse talent, not just diverse talent, but the right type of diverse talent and keeping them or pulling them into your organization. Now, obviously it's up to you to partner internally to make sure you're doing the right thing to get them through the career paths as they should. But you need to be taking a look at companies like americasjobexchange.com to be able to get away from the warm and fuzzy bullshit that's out there. Because this is a this is a conversation that is focused on diverse outcomes, diverse hiring outcomes, um, not all that fuzzy stuff. So again, America's Job Exchange, check them out, americasjobexchange.com. Um, this is a big problem, obviously, and we need to be able to fix it. But it's obvious we can't do this shit by ourselves. We need to partner. So find those partners, and America's Job Exchange is a, is a great one to start with. This ain't trading places. This is real life. It's real life, bitches. <laughs> so I'll add to that that, that sex, as in male-female, has been at the forefront of the news lately. But the story that you reference, that race, is a surprisingly more important factor um, in employment and where people go and, and all that. So you know, I think, I think this is very apropos to the, to the world at large and knowing that, hey, you don't know everything. If you, you may think one thing is most important when actually it's something else. And I think AGE will help you sort of uh, navigate that minefield of diversity and compliance. That's why we need experts, man. We need people who do this shit for a living as opposed to a, a shit ton of generalists who are jack of all trades, which is great, but you don't, you, you just don't know what you don't know. Bring in the experts. Amen. Amen. Uh... It's breezy, like breezy. a Sunday morning, I guess, which leads <laughs> us into our breezy. next story, Breezy HR. I need some, like, Yacht Rock. <laughs> Christopher, Cross? Christopher Cross? Dude, you've got Christopher Cross. I know you do. It's on your oh, fucking Oh, I do. Give me, a, give me a second. I'll bring it up. Um, <laughs> so Breezy HR, who is brought to us by the folks that uh, brought us Path.2, Mm-hmm. Who you probably don't remember? No, I don't. Know. Uh, I only remember because I interviewed them. Oh, okay. But they were a sort of job site based on uh, culture. Anyway, they're not around anymore, so it doesn't matter. But right. the people behind it launched Breezy HR while a while ago, uh, basically an ATS. This past week at HR Tech, they launched Hello, Hello. which is uh, another chatbot because we need more. Apparently. Yes. Apparently. Now, what they do uh, is, hello, they don't have a name, which I guess is unique. Most of these people name them Maya or Olivia oh, like or a, Toby or human. whatever. Yeah, they, they try to bullshit. Yeah. So this, one is, this one's just called hello. Mm-hmm. Um, and hello sits on your career site, or it sits on your... Uh, your homepage, yeah. if you're a Breezy yeah, user, yeah. is the Christopher Cross coming through? 
Just a little bit. It's not loud enough, though. A little bit. I, I don't want it to be my too. Point, my friend, come on. I don't want it to be too much. Oh, that's good. There we go. There okay. we go. All right. Breezy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it sits on your, your career site. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like the customer service chat apps that you see on consumer sites yeah. where you want to ask a question a like, hey, what size yeah, is it's a guy. You know, Excel? Yeah. And, yeah. And you have a chat and it takes the data. You can uh, upload a resume. Um, it follows a lot of the same script mm -hmm. as other chat bots. Right. Um, but this is an ATS, which I think is a little bit interesting. Most of the chat bots are standalone. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I think it's funny. I mean, as you read the article, um, really what they're saying is your experience sucks. The technology doesn't suck, but your experience, the experience that you set up on your website sucks. So you need a guide and that guide is a chat bot. And, you know, I, I do agree that in most cases, you know, you have job seekers that are coming or just, they're not even job seekers. They're just individuals who are on the website and they're not being engaged. And as we've seen from research on the job seeker side, they don't care if it's a chat bot or not. They just want to yep. be engaged. So in this case, it was funny because he said, you know, the issues were really due to misaligned job descriptions and tired, antiquated apply processes. Today, we're changing that. So what they're saying is your process sucks. The things that you've made technology do, you've reverted it back into the 1990s for God's sakes. Now we have to have AI or chatbots to be able to fix this shit because you guys don't know what the hell you're doing. Don't just the 90s, man. That was a good time. No, I love the 90s, but they really sucked when it came to applying for jobs. So your, your view on this is everything, like the process sucks. I would say like, I think chatbots on the corporate site Mm -hmm. are a great way to capture passive candidates. Like, yeah. hey, we don't have a job for you now. Talk with us a little bit. Give us your resume. Maybe we'll get in touch with you one day. You know, it's for the people who would search for a job, you know, put something in a bar and, and be like, sorry, we don't have a job for you. Like, they're gone. Yeah, yeah. A chat bot allows you to say like, hey, what's going on, man? What what's your skill set? <laughs> what what? You sound you like know, you, Cheech from Cheech and John. Like you, you come here often? <laughs> what? You know, let me buy you a drink. We'll have we'll have, we'll chat a little bit. You know, yeah, I yeah. I think that's maybe going to be uh, the best feature of these kind of corporate. But um, do you think this will launch a a a large number of ATSs offering chatbots, or do you think most will poo poo this? I think most applicant tracking systems right now, my opinion, are looking at either building or buying their own because this is this is this is a very interesting part of the process because in most cases you can't get um, a candidate to actually finish the application process because it sucks. So what do you do? You've got to be able to lead them along, you know, in, in more of a kind of a high touch process, and this will do that. So if there are applicant tracking systems out there now that aren't either one building one or looking to acquire one, um, then their process sucks and it's going to continue to suck. Do you think iSIMS will build a chatbot? I think iSIMS, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm biased because I've, I've known those guys since they, I think they're like six people in Jersey. Um, I, I think anything, 
anything they do, the, anything that pops up, they are very, very smart about how they prioritize and how they partner and or build, um, which is not what you see from many of the applicant tracking systems that are out there, which is why they've been able to go from, you know, really small to really explode into the enterprise, be one of the top names in applicant tracking systems. So I think, yeah, I think I think they've got their their finger on what's going on in the industry, the pulse of the so my, industry. So my goal there wasn't to get an iSIMS commercial; it was to segue well, then into you the should next have, story. You should have said, "Don't do an iSIMS commercial." Well, damn it. I, I thought we I thought we were on the same level, dude. I guess <laughs> never. I guess we have a lot more relationship building to do um, to really be a successful yeah, we podcast. Had a beer in a while. So I yeah, we haven't had a beer. iSIMS, yeah, iSIMS talked some trash this week. Which was kind of fun. Uh, was it on Twitter, dude? It was on Twitter. So, so you you actually you put something on our Facebook group, and it was mm-hmm. funny because Susan Vitali, who's the VP, and you can go check this out on Twitter. So, it's, this is all this is all public. We're not telling anything that isn't out there. Susan Vitali is the VP of marketing over there. She was on a Twitter Twitter like tweet storm because they were they did like four or five different presentations presentations during HR Tech this week. Mm-hmm. And apparently one of their customers is Microsoft, who now has an ATS. Has has an enterprise ATS of their own. Um, and this individual is on stage and they were asked, why didn't you use your own Microsoft products for recruiting? And the answer was simply, we needed to scale. So we picked iSIMS. So Crazy. from my standpoint, yeah, I mean I so I kind of baited a little bit, Susan. Love her to death. I then took the Twitter. I baited her a little bit, and I said, "Ouch! The damn truth! It burns." Uh, and then Susan came back with a very veiled comment: "Not a burn. Their products are solid, just not for a company. Not fit for a company their size and complexity." Which was a freaking veiled double burn. I mean, it was freaking hilarious. Um, it's sort of like when Indeed used Jobvite as their ATS. <laughs> like how how is Indeed not able to just throw up an ATS somehow? Yeah. Like they got it. Anyway, it, it, I think it, it was Jobvite. Hope yeah. I'm not speaking out of turn on that one. So I mean, but this 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 is telling, right? This is very telling. Sure. You've got an enterprise. You've got an enterprise system built by your organization, and I go back to the days of Oracle. And when I was talking to the Oracle team many years ago, it was probably like a decade ago, and I asked them, and they were using their Oracle system, and they all hated it. So this is, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens um, if they're actually forced onto Microsoft Dynamics talent one day because of optics um, and hate it. Or uh, who knows? Maybe they stay on ISOMs for the rest of their lives, and they're not pressured by somebody uh, up on high. I wonder who LinkedIn uses as their ATS. I don't know. I have to anyway. probably dig dig around and find that out. So, so we have more ISIM stuff. Uh, we probably don't talk about ATSs and these guys enough, but uh, they have a, a really cool study out, a report out. What's sort of the state of the job seeker, if you will? Okay. And they have they broken it into a few different. Uh, Segments. One is mobile. Uh, one is uh, sort of glass door employee reviews. Uh, the other one is sort of 
peer referrals mm-hmm. and social media, but some numbers that came out of the anonymous employee review section uh-huh. were incredibly interesting. How so? Uh, I'll, I'll read you a sampling of them. Okay. Uh, nearly one in three workers have declined a job offer primarily because the company had negative employee reviews. <laughs> oh, uh, shit. 92%, that's almost 100% yeah. Percent yeah. if you're a- keeping track a- at home, yeah. of working Americans consider employee reviews to be important when deciding to apply to a job. 92%. Yes. So they, they surveyed 500 uh, workers in varying sizes of companies. So it's not super, you know, they didn't survey 10,000 people, but it's still pretty telling. Uh, a couple no, a couple other, other numbers. Uh-huh. Uh, 43% of managerial level workers have declined an offer because of bad reviews. Uh, when you go down the chain to non-managerial folks, it's 17%. So the, the best of the best, mm-hmm. the higher, you know, the higher level employees, it's more important to have a solid employment brand and good reviews. Um, going down the generational ladder, lastly, uh, nearly 50%, 47% of millennials have declined a job offer because of negative reviews <laughs> online. Crazy, right? Oh, so it, so it works. Right. I mean, we've been talking about this glass door shit for for how long now? And it's just kind of like, well, they're just people out there just bitching and moaning, complaining. But apparently it matters. I mean, it matters to a 92 percent of Americans consider employee reviews to be important when deciding. I mean, that's that's a waiting. That's a waiting factor now. Right. Where before it, it didn't exist. But now it's a waiting factor. And how many damn, I mean, it, that, I, I can't, I, it, this is blowing my freaking mind. This is amazing. <laughs> it is. So most of this, historically, most of this is anecdotal, right? Like most companies, honestly, that I talk to put their head in the sand. They don't really want to know what's out there. They don't want to like face the truth. Yeah. And historically, there haven't been numbers around, okay, what does it really mean to get torched on on Glassdoor, Indeed, Comparably, In Her Site, et cetera, all the, the sites that are out there, which is a whole other issue because most people don't check all the different sites that are out there. Right. Um, but there's never been metrics to say, hey, you know what? If you have crappy reviews, half of millennials aren't even going to like go through your door to look at the menu. They're just going to bypass you totally. Well, look at the forty-three um, you know. percent of managerial level workers. I mean, th- this right. is this is this is not just. I mean, this th- that's a pretty pretty even keel right there, right? You've yeah. got your got your millennials, and then you've got people who are in managerial positions who are like, look, you know, I've I've been around, I've I've been in the rodeo for a little while. I want to know the real deal mm-hmm. about this organization before uh, before I take my next step in my career. I mean, it's that's a yeah, huge look, difference. Comp- Companies are bitching that there's no talent. Maybe they're bit. Maybe they should be bitching at the fact that their their company's employment brand is in the gutter and people aren't even applying because they can get the inside scoop before they even apply to a job. Yeah. yeah. Well, I e- even um, even worse. Even worse than that. This is affecting their brand overall. I don't believe in the employer brand bullshit. Employee brand bullshit. Um, this is affecting their brand overall. If you're a consumer brand and you have these types of reviews. How do you think that actually impacts your revenue? 
actual revenue. Well, that's a whole other deeper issue. Yes, we'll get into that some other time. If millennials aren't applying to your job, they're not they're not engaging with your brand. That impacts not that impacts shit. your consumer yeah. brand as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's freaking that's amazing. That's a whole other layer of hell that we uh, don't have time to go go into. But uh, <laughs> not yet. But we'll segue into an odd sort of unusual advertisement uh, for Ratedly. Um, and I'll just save time and say that Ratedly is is my company. Um, these metrics from the ISIM survey are sort of incredibly supportive of what yeah. we do, which is we go out, there's about a dozen, a dozen plus sites, including the ones you know, that we go out and we look at reviews for your company, bring them into a single dashboard. Um, so you can mm-hmm. finally start getting a grip on what's being said about your company, um, getting some context around that, saving time and money going to the various sites and, and keeping up with new ones that are that are coming onto market. Um, Ratedly automates that process for you. And as we're seeing with the numbers, it's becoming more and more important that you monitor what's going on out there because if you don't know what's going on out there, you can't manage it and you can't uh, you know improve what's going on out there, which as we're finding out, ultimately mm-hmm. dictates who you recruit and who comes through the door and raises their hand and says, I'm interested in a opportunity at your company. Um, as yeah. part of uh, uh, offer to our readers, our listeners, that is, uh, if you go on to ratedly.com, R-A-T-E-D-L-Y.com slash, um, actually it's not a slash, it's a coupon code. Go to Ratedly, use the coupon code Cheddar. That's C-H-E-D-D-A-R. And you can try Ratedly for $1. After that, it's only $147 per month. We go out and monitor all these sites so you don't have to. Save you a lot of time and money. And now we can uh, help your recruiting efforts according to uh, the numbers at iSIMS. Dude, I can't imagine being in a Fortune 500 company and the amount of reviews that come in on a daily basis just from Glassdoor and Indeed, um, but there are like a dozen other freaking sites that are out there. And most of these, I guarantee you, these companies don't even know exist. And they're getting firebombed by these employees or ex-employees, and they have no freaking clue. We help them have a clue. That's ratedly, R-A-T-E-D-L-Y dot com. $147 a month. All right, one quick story, and then we're out. Remote workers, you saw a study that that caught your attention this week. Yeah, so it's pretty amazing because, um, so the 2017 State of the Remote Worker Report, that is one of the worst, I guess reports are supposed to have bad titles. Um, So they actually showed that 25% less turnover happened with remote workers versus your, what I like to call, office workers. Um, kind of like jailed, officed. Um, so, I mean, that was that was big. But not to mention, to be able they they also started to do some survey, or they did some surveying of the officed workers and asked them, go figure, would you like a few days, possibly a month, to be able to get out of the freaking office and, and do your job? And 65% of them said, yeah. Um, and who's, sure. I mean, who's going to say no? I mean, seriously, yeah, I'd like to definitely work from home one day, two days a month, a few days a month, not to mention, is that not a great benefit for a company? 
I think it's a necessity. I, I think if you don't have at least some level of remote work, yeah, that you're going to lose to the companies that do. It's ridiculous, man. So 50%, they also is a good one, 50% of jobs held by office workers are compatible with some, some of the virtual gigs that are out there. So 50% of the people that you have overhead because you have chairs and all that other bullshit in this, this, uh, this office that you guys have, um, that could be somebody who's actually doing work out of their home. And, uh, but I mean, the only downside that they showed, or at least one of the downsides was that manager support sucks. And, and from my opinion, because I've been a virtual worker for, for a while, um, that's mainly because those managers are managers and they're not leaders. Um, leaders care about their people and they focus on achieving the mission and, and really making sure that those people are taken care of where managers are more focused on spreadsheet and tactical bullshit that, 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 that don't really matter. So I think we really need to see a trend in how we pick our managers slash leaders because they have to be more focused on the talent and being able to get more out of that talent. Um, you got to care. And yep. managers, you know, try to care about a spreadsheet more than they do at the actual people that work for them. I also think it's it's interesting to see the trend of keeping workers, retaining workers, and and ultimately a recruiting component to um, appealing to sort of new new types of of employees. Um, you and I have talked about uh, gratify and some of the services that help employers pay back student loans oh, yeah. for employees. Um, huge. Obviously remote work is another huge. one. You know, yeah. companies are getting creative around how do we retain and recruit, um, which I think is, is great, mm-hmm. which I think goes back also to your brand and, and how people review you and look at you. It all sort of comes together, but we're way beyond the days of, Oh, we'll give you health care and a severance. Yeah. Like companies are being forced to be a lot more creative. And I think ultimately that's a good thing for the workforce. Well, if you take a look at all the messaging, the conferencing tools, and I mean, there's a myriad of productivity tools that are out there. It makes it easier for people to work from home. Yeah. And to be quite frank, I mean, I, I put more behind my desk when I'm at home than when I was driving uh, to, to the office on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah, and ultimately it forces companies to treat people well because of the transparency of the world we live in, because there's a Yelp for everything, because everyone talks to each other now. Companies and organizations are forced to actually be sort of humane, which is good. Yeah, no, it's, it's nice to have humanity with... It is nice. It is nice. Big applause for humanity <laughs> and humaneness. Um, anything else? Dude, it's Friday the 13th. It's yeah. Friday the 13th, man. Yeah. Your favorite horror movie. Let's close on that. Dude, I, I'm just going to promote the movie that's out there now. It is killer. It's awesome. Ooh. If you haven't seen it, it's Friday the 13th. Go see the damn movie. It's really freaking cool. Then I'm going to see Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm going to go with Jaws. <laughs> uh, you and I were born. You're, you and I were born in the same year. I saw Jaws yeah. in the theater. In 1976, which would make me five, which scared the bejesus out of me at five years old and still scars me to this day. So I'm going to say Jaws is my favorite uh, horror guilty pleasure. 
but I haven't seen it. I probably need to. Um, yeah. And Blade mine, Runner as well. Mine was Salem's Lot. That was the one that kept me up for Salem's ever. Lot. Oh, yeah. The, oh, that's the awful. Vampires? Oh, that was bad yeah, stuff. Yeah, Nosferatu-looking dude. Oh, yeah, that's bad Anyway. Stuff. All right, man. Happy Friday the 13th. <laughs> uh, if if we both survive this day, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll podcast again next week. Go on. Go forward. This has Have been the weekend. Chad and Cheese Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single show. And check out our sponsors because they make it all possible. For more, visit... How much do you understand the future of finance. I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.